He's already been dead and it's messed with his head. It's John's post-life crisis. Welcome to John's post-life crisis. I am your host, John Johnston, founder and manager of CornNation.com, your Nebraska Cornhuskers site of hoping we have a college football season. I am joined today by Dr. Ernie Goss. Dr. Goss is the McAllister Chair in Regional Economics at Creighton University and Director of the Goss Institute in Denver, Colorado. Uh, welcome, Dr. Goss. How are you doing today? Hey, John. Nice to be with you. Uh, this episode, we're going to talk about the effects of the COVID-19 economy on universities, athletic departments, and on parts of the private sector that rely upon college sports-related revenue. Uh, it is becoming more clear that as time goes on, the, the effects of COVID-19 are going to linger for many years to come. I, I think that when we started this, we all thought that, you know, when March hit, we get, did the lockdown thing, we thought, oh, okay, well, a couple months and this all be over. And I think it's pretty clear now it's, it's going to be around for, for quite a while. Oh, absolutely. And, the, and I obviously focus on the economic portion of it. And the, the lockdowns are having much bigger impacts than we, we initially thought. As you said, we, many of us, including, including myself, thought this would be settled quickly. Well, it hasn't been settled quickly. And now, John, one of the real problems, as I see it, has become a political issue. In other words, how a virus has now become entered into politics. By that, I mean you've got one on the one side, you've got those who want to keep it locked down. Let's lock it down. Everything is Trump's fault. And you got the other side saying, oh, no, let's open it up. And Trump's done a nice job. Now, the answer, in my judgment, is somewhere between those two extremes. And unfortunately, there's a lot of collateral damage in this, and particularly colleges, I would say colleges and universities, and I'm at Creighton University, and boy, the impacts are just now, uh, we're seeing more and more of those, and not just in the athletic departments, but spilling over into non-athletics, but it's really thinking about basketball, football, there are major impacts. So I'm not as familiar with Creighton University, and in the interest is full disclosure. I always looked at, yeah, you know, I grew up in western Nebraska, and by that I mean out by North Platte, a small town named Curtis. I always looked at Creighton as that's where all the rich people went to school in Omaha, those darn city people, you know. But uh, how is this affecting Creighton as a university, academic, on the academic side first? Wow. You know, just to correct you there, it's not a bunch of rich, rich folks. I, I wish it were. Well, I, I don't know if I wish it were. But anyway, um, it, it's, it's all the way from the top to the bottom, from the president's office and the board, all the way down to uh, everyone that's uh, staff and uh, uh, faculty. And, John, we're talking about staggering classes. In other words, we've got this mandate of social distancing, for example. So if I teach a class, and we at Creighton teach smaller classes, class size, so we have the, our, we don't have these auditorium classes. So we have these smaller classes, class size, and we have fit 35 individuals in there, perhaps. Well, if you've got a social distance, that means I'm like, well, how do I do this? And by, so what we have to do is we're going to have to do uh, some sort of patchwork. In other words, the individuals 
half the class comes in for one day and and they're online that that the other half is online that day and then the next day we switch it i mean and that's it's still being worked out john as you and i speak today these are not issues that we know about and it's much like husker football we don't know what's going to happen at least i don't i certainly don't know what's going to happen uh creighton basketball husker basketball uh, the uh, UNK, you, you know, UNO, all the all the universities, major major impacts, John, and I would say we're front and center to that, and we don't know at this point. It's it's all a mystery to many, to most of us. So, had had you guys seen? You, I don't know if you know this or not, but I mean, have you seen drops in enrollment and things like that at all? We have seen drops in enrollment, unfortunately, but they're holding up reasonably well, John. It's mostly on the freshman side, incoming freshmen. Uh, uh, incoming freshmen. That has been, uh, uh, I won't say significant, but it has dropped off. I think the uh, institutions like Creighton and other larger institutions are going to fare through, go, go, I won't say smooth sailing. It's not going to be smooth sailing, but it's, we're going to fare. We're going to come out at the end and hopefully be a better school than we were when then we entered it. But it's going to be rough sailing. Some of the smaller schools, I just don't see how they're going to survive this, and especially when you don't have taxpayer support. And that's that's many schools out there in Nebraska, in Minnesota, in the area that we survey. We do a monthly survey in this part of the country. And it's having some big impacts, particularly John on rural areas. And you come from uh, Curtis, Nebraska. You, you know that's a, that's I would say that qualifies as pretty rural out there, and uh, it's it's hitting those areas as well. So, what do you think if this lasts? Like I started with like, a few years. I mean, what do you think the long term harm will be to universities, uh, whether well, it be in academics or sports? Well, you know, and, and if you look at the sports, and of course you focus on the sports, a lot of people, on, I, I grew up on the East Coast. Uh, well, people, not everybody considers Georgia East Coast, but it does have an East Coast to it. And uh, w- w- what we know about Nebraska, unfortunately, in many cases, what they know is the University of Nebraska football, Husker football, Husker basketball. And in some cases, Creighton basketball, now that Creighton's in the Big East, they say, oh, where's Creighton? Well, that's in Omaha, Nebraska. So what we uh, translate to the broader market is, is, the, is the getting the camel's nose under the tent, I'll say it that way. In other words, hey, let's think about Nebraska. Let's think about Omaha. Let's think about Lincoln. And, and, and otherwise, sometimes we just go unnoticed now but by those on the East and West Coast without this connection to sports and you know by the way john it's it's not just husker football it's amateur and non non-professional sports for example the college world series for example the olympic trials for example the ncaa march madness all this went away this year and man it is it is hurting uh i would say it hurts all of our recognitions it, but but it's not just us there are other 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 states out there, other cities, other schools are seeing somewhat similar impacts. So, the University of Nebraska athletic department doesn't get any state support, nor does it get revenue from the University of Nebraska, at least the academic side, because you know, I've been around. They're they're a fairly well run athletic department. 
Uh, Creighton, I read an article where they do get uh, help from the university, but it's not as much as other, it's actually very low. If this goes on long enough, I mean, do you see universities cutting their support to their athletic departments because they have to, or, I mean, it's a matter of survival, or what do you think is going to happen there? No doubt about it, John. We're cuts, and particularly the what sometimes called the non revenue sports uh that swimming for example uh, uh now volleyball for uh, university of nebraska is a big time sport and at creighton as well women's volleyball is big in this part of the country much bigger than it is in the rest of the nation but we've seen for example here in omaha university of nebraska omaha dropped uh wrestling now wrestling is big time is a big time sport here but it's also olympic a big time olympic sport so chopping that off has some significant impacts across of, uh, other sports and other and the academic program. So you're, there will be cuts to uh, these sports, and again, it'll be more on the side of not so much basketball and volleyball and football, but uh, those those sports those sports where you don't have a lot of large audiences. Okay, so in 2014, the University of Nebraska conducted a study in which they showed that UNL athletics had an impact of almost $250 million on Lincoln and the, quote, metro area, unquote. Uh, I, you know, a guy like me, when I look at stuff like that, I, I think I'm not an e economist. Those numbers just look like they're made up. Can you tell us where, where do these things come from? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's a made up. Oh, gosh. I hope I do a lot of impact studies, so I hope, and I, I have to say, John, I've never made any numbers up, and nor I, I have my Eric Thompson's a friend of mine down at who did the study at the University of Nebraska Lincoln, and I'll tell you, I've worked with him. He doesn't make the numbers up, so I can I can tell you. We, now they may not. You might question the validity of it or reliability of the data, but it's not made up. But anyway, it comes. Here's the impacts come from John. From us, we in Nebraska, instead of spending our money in Kansas City in entertainment, we spend it in Lincoln for the ball games. And we go down, we drive down from, I would drive down, I wouldn't be staying in a hotel in, in Lincoln, but those, but instead of going to Kansas City, I go to Lincoln and watch the game there. And I, and that's, that's part of it. Those who would have spent outside to spend inside. The other part is those who, um, who come in from outside. I mean, I have a colleague, one of my Creighton colleagues, he's, uh, he's works remotely from Virginia. He comes in, I, I rarely see him except during Husker football season. And he's here every weekend, there's a home game. He's coming down and he arranges a meeting here in, in Omaha or in Lincoln to coincide with the Husker football game. So there are lots of folks coming in and, and that's part of it. Now, where does the number come from? It comes from spending in the hotels. It comes from spending in the restaurants. It comes from spending on tickets. It, all these, and there are very good sources for that data. In other words, how much hotel, motel taxes. I mean, so these are, uh, and importantly, John, these are revenues where there's a high tax uh, on it. In other words, hotel, motel tax, rental cars. Think about rental cars. I mean, how many times have I rented a car in Omaha? Not very often, 
thank goodness. But those who come in from outside to watch a Husker football game, they've got to rent a car or take an Uber. That has huge impacts. And their their models, and I use the same models that Eric used, Eric Thompson at UNL, and we use those uh, called implant models that show the ripple effects throughout the economy. So, okay, so they're not made up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, I didn't mean to sound defensive, John. <laughs> you know, the Texas, a few years ago, Texas A&M did this, mar- how much marketing, uh, oh, come on, what's the guy's name? Their fancy quarterback dude that flamed out. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, yeah. Who, who could forget him? But I have forgotten his name. But yeah, exactly. We, we, we remember Johnny something, Johnny Football, if I Johnny remember. Johnny Manziel. Right. And they did this marketing study that showed he brought in, I don't know, $80 billion. And I always looked at that and went, how in the hell did they even come up with that? Anyway, uh, I mean, if, if we're probably looking at the fact, even though it's against my biggest hopes, that we're probably not – it's going to be very difficult to have – college sports this fall it's going to be very difficult to have football uh, I mean if there are no fall call fall college sports who do you expect to get hit the hardest in the private sector oh it's the leisure and hospitality industry as we call it that would be hotels motels restaurants uh, taxi service all these, I guess, taxi services, not in leisure and hospitality, but these are the industries that are getting hit. They're already getting hit, John. I mean, this is one heck of a hit. And what's happened, John? In other words, the federal government is is putting in, sending money to us as consumers, hoping we'll spend it. Well, where the heck are we going to spend it? I mean, looking. I mean, everyone is out there thinking, well, I I don't want to go to a restaurant. I don't want to get contract. Uh, COVID-19. So you sit at home and instead of buying potentially a nice steak dinner, by the way, which comes with a lot of beef from Nebraska, a nice steak dinner, you're spending it on Pizza Hut. Sorry, uh, or maybe I'd better make it a pizza. How about that? <laughs> and that's coming in much cheaper. So what's happened, John, is savings is spiked. In other words, we're saving a lot more money right now. Well, we need to be out there spending. And one of the things we need to be spending it on, and it, it just – think about how many people live for, for Husker football in the fall. I mean, there are guys and gals out there farming during the year, doing a heck of a job, steaming, pushing this economy along, that are wanting – they're looking forward to that Husker games in the fall. I mean, this is, this, is a per, this is not just an economic issue. I, now I'm delving where I shouldn't be. Well, what about the psychological impacts of just shelter in place, as it was called? Well, I, for one, and we're doing this remotely, I, for one, am getting tired of being sheltered in place. And I want to see a good football game in person. And I, w- I would even like to see it on television, which we're not going to be able to see any, either, I guess. Yeah, I you know I I haven't run in the website. I do I I do hear from a lot of people who are just like I don't know what I don't know what we're gonna do if there's no fall sports. You know I I I do a lot of work with the University of Minnesota as an IT consultant in my real life, and uh, one of the guys I work with closely there is a Penn State alum, and he's just uh, he's beside himself. If there isn't gonna be Penn State football or Nebraska football this year. You got to fill it with something else, I guess, and I have no idea what that is. Um, well, some of my more 
those, you know, we, we in academics, some of us like to think that sports don't matter. In other words, it's us, it's we academics. Well, it's all of us, and sports is, are a big part of it. I mean, watch what happens when a team wins a national championship. Their enrollment spike the next year, and that happens across the nation. And I don't care if it's Harvard, if Harvard should ever win a national football championship, which I'll put some good money on that one. It ain't going to happen. But nonetheless, uh, think about, you know, what it means to Penn State to win, win the national championship. How many people know about Penn State across the nation and the academic programs? Only those of us in academics. But every, everybody knows about Penn State football, and they, that translates into a positive image of the university, in my judgment. Okay, you mentioned, well, long-term effects on the private sector. If this thing goes on two or three years, I mean, you still need hotels if you're going to have anything. You still need restaurants. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is going to happen to these people? Is this going to be a giant consolidation, kind of like Amazon takes over the world? Or, yeah, I don't know, Taco Bell is all the restaurants. God help us. <laughs> well, right now you're talking about closures of restaurants significant closures. One restaurant here that I, in Omaha, that I go to, did go to regularly, continue to go to, it's been in business for a hundred years. It's been, it's out. It's, they're, talk, they're closing. I mean, we're talking about major hits. And, and it, again, it's, 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 it, 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 a lot of it is connected to football in this case. I mean, the restaurant I'm talking about, there are, there are monitor, there are TV sets or monitors all along the walls to let us watch Husker football, to watch Creighton basketball, watch Penn State football. And so it, it, it's, it's, I mean, it, we're, it's embedded in us. I mean, I'm a, I'm a long-term football fan. I, I grew up with a, a Georgia Tech. I grew up near Atlanta, so I was a Georgia Tech fan for uh, mo- much of my, oh, my first 18 years for sure. So it, it has huge impacts. So you mentioned people are saving more. Hmm? I mean, this seemed to, this was a problem. I mean, America didn't, we did not have a good savings uh, ethic, I guess, maybe for hmm. lack of a better term. I, do you see anything positive coming out of this? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's some reorganizations that have been taking, taking place. For example, this interview you and I are doing, is, is online. So we're now uh, honing our skills in online interviewing and doing, uh, doing delivery of products, services, uh, services via, via the internet. For example, K through 12 education is now we do hybrid approaches going forward. Now it's tough right now, but going forward, say the next year, it, we're gonna be much better at delivering those products. In terms of, uh, of uh, the hotels, we are going to see some consolidation and uh, reorganization of spending. Where do you, where do we spend in the future? And it's, it, we, as you didn't say, but we, we are a nation of overspenders. We've, we've overspent and we rely on money coming in from globally to support our overspending. Well now, Hey, we're maybe, uh, well, the federal government still continues to overspend and and we're gonna to have to pay for that someday and it probably won't be me that'll be paying for it, it'll be younger generations and that's unfortunate that's another issue but right now this this increasing savings 
is not such a bad thing in of itself. Now, what it does to others, I mean, I'd like to have everyone going out right now and buying a Creighton t-shirt or something, <laughs> whatever, or sending money to Creighton University or, or in, uh, buy, how about uh, enrolling in a, a, uh, a class at Creighton for non-credit? That helps me. <laughs> so, I mean, in other words, there are some positive impacts that we have more spending to do the things that we didn't do before. Okay, all the way back I, I, in 2013, I think it was, uh, I wrote an article about MOOCs, right? What is it? Mass, massive online courses and right. how that they would change the face of college, or colleges and universities forever, that we would no longer have the need to actually have a college or university campus because people could move everything online. Do you think that's even a reality? I mean, the MOOC thing is kind of silly because most people never complete those courses really, but the whole idea of just, you know, the non-existence of a campus environment, do you see that anywhere in the, I don't know, next decade? Well, there, there but there's all, there's one thing missing there, and it will be a big, big part going forward, much bigger part going forward, but Mothers and fathers, grandfathers and grandmothers send their grandkids and kids off to these universities to be socialized. So there's a lot of that that goes on that will continue to go on. We will never, ever break that. And, and, but the, a lot of folks in, over, say, in the uh, post, say, 22, if you're older, 25, for example, how we break it down at most universities is 25 and above. Continuing education breaks begins at age 25 for most universities. So that's going to change. The post, the older, the 25 plus, the graduate students, a lot of that's going to be, I'm teaching a graduate class online this fall. Now, I, I, I've been teaching that online class for several years, so it's, that's not new. But the uh, that will change. In other words, the the willing the the uh, graduate schools, graduate education, continuing education, and undergraduate education for those who are older. I don't know if this is your area or if you look at this at all, but one of the concerns I have is, I mean, newspapers were struggling horribly before this started. Uh, I guess, I, you know, I'm around a bunch of these guys that write for the Omaha paper and the Lincoln paper and photographers and things like that. And I, I, if there's no fall college sports, I wonder how they're going to survive. And this looks like uh, if this continues on, it's going to be like an extinction level event for a lot of media. Can you comment on that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, why do many of us get the Omaha, I, I'm a, a subscriber to the Omaha World Herald, for example, and I can't wait to get the Sunday paper and see all the reviews of football games across the nation, and of course, especially here in Nebraska. It will have an, will have an impact, a negative impact on that. Media will be very much affected. Think, I mean, it's amazing how many, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big sports fan. So I, I'm, a, I'm baseball, football. If there's, there's anything connected with, a, with some sort of round object or even oblong like football, I'm there. And I'm watching. I mean, I'm, I'm a recovery. I played sports in high school and 
except for the extreme discrimination that I uh, was, I was, I was discriminated against highly uh, because based on my abilities, of course, I was not good enough to play college sports. So I, I'm, I'm in the background watching, but I, I spend money and it's, 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 and, and what you, t- what's happening right now is that we got the potential of a vaccine, which would be a game changer for all of us now. And we need to see that. And I, I, for one, and I, here I'm getting outside my area of expertise, uh, which is in the medical area. I can't even put a Band-Aid on well. So is this lockdown, I, I just don't see it. I mean, I think uh, we, the lockdown has gotten into the political area where those, there are some governors, I believe in my judgment, are closing down economies for a political agenda. And I, don't, I just don't think that's the way to do it, of course. And moving ahead, I think to some degree we have to, if a vaccine's not, in the Im, not imminent, then we're going to have to bite it and move ahead. We're going to have to social distance in a stadium and take, take our chances. And some of us will be infected and some of us will be hospitalized. But so would I be from measles or from uh, the flu and whatever. I mean, this it's just there's such a political dimension to this. And men and women out there, boys and girls, <clears throat> young men and young women, that want to continue their lives. And we're telling them, many people in my age are saying, right. no, no, we're going to, we're going to cut it off. That, they, I can imagine my, the students in my class. See, I haven't seen in class students since March when we locked down. I haven't been in a classroom since March. I've been online. I would be angry if I were them. I mean, they're sitting there thinking, wait now, this is, for most of us, this is nothing more than a bad cold. Right. You're telling me that you're t- you're cutting off my social life. You're cutting down my life. I, I that again, that's I'm out way outside my area of economics, but I can see it again. There's a huge psychological impact here that we're we're ignoring. I don't, maybe perhaps not ignoring, but it's it's big, big, big. Yeah, it seems like whenever you talk about that side of it, you know, the people bring up they, the medical people and the, oh, follow the science and stuff like that. And I yeah. think that what bugs me about that is there's about 83,000 different branches of science that you could follow. This isn't a one, you know, this isn't a hit the easy button issue, I guess. it's There's a massive number of combinations that can be followed here. And People tend to pick one and go down that path, and it's it's very. Well, if, you, if the idea is to prevent the death of one person from COVID nineteen, we're in big trouble. I mean, in other words, the, if if we're talking about preventing no automobile deaths, then let's stop driving cars. Well, we can't do that. Well, we can't we can't shut down our economy. We can't shut down our universities. We can't shut down football basketball, all this to prevent uh, some negative outcomes because there are going to be some huge negative outcomes from shutting, shutting down. Yeah. All right. Is there, is there anything else you want to add? I think I, I probably run out of questions or gotten through the questions I wanted to ask. Well, it's, we've covered a lot of territory, John. I just think there are long-term impacts that sometimes we ignore. The short-term impacts are of course, 
the the uh, probably three hundred million dollars, for example, Husker football, three hundred million dollars of short term impacts, but the longer term impacts, the public the public relations impacts of of getting of that folks to know, hey, there is a Nebraska out there. Hey, there is something beyond uh, the east and west coast. There is a life there, and it and it looks good on those Saturday afternoons when you watch the sun. If you're sitting in a in a bar in Atlanta, in my case, when I go home, uh, I shouldn't say home. That's not my home anymore. But when I go back to where I grew up, I'll sit in a bar and I watch the good sunny football game, and I'm like, "That's that's good. It makes you feel good." And it, I mean, we're it's, it's not all a bunch of. And I'm, I'm an economist. It's not all a bunch of numbers. It's also the psychological impacts, and they're huge. And long term, I'm concerned. You know. What do you mean? There's real people behind those numbers. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's right. Those numbers, we don't. We we uh, we take the numbers from the bureau, the government that they provide us. Now they make it. Up. They may make it up. Now you'll have to talk to them about whether they make those numbers up. Now some of my colleagues are some of the guys and gals I went to school with are generating those numbers. So I hope like heck they're not making them up. All right. I I think we'll end there. Uh, this has been John's Post-Life Crisis. Thank you for Dr. Goss for joining me and uh, discussing what really is a really honestly kind of a sucky subject, but uh, it, it needs to be talked about. Uh, go Big Red, and thanks for listening. <laughs>